WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Fourth and final hour of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. It's a full tang fitzy on this uh, Wednesday evening. A lot of reaction to Gerard Mayo's press conference. He and Robert Kraft spoke today at Gillette, 15th head coach in team history. And then other news of the day, Mike McCarthy returning to the Dallas Cowboys. It also reports that uh, Nick Sirianni appears to be sticking around in Philly as he and their GM are talking to head coaches and coordinators about trying to beef up the coordinators. I guess that means Matt Patricia will probably be moving on from Philadelphia. He'll be looking for a new job. Maybe now, yeah. wherever Bill Belichick goes, he can resume the position that he was meant to ascend to, or rather take over, which I do think he actually would be decent at, Rich. That would be that Ernie Adams football generalist role. I think when he was accompanying Belichick on trips and just providing advice and not as heavily involved in the day-to-day operations, game plans, or destruction of the self-confidence of your quarterback or your defense. Yeah. I think that's where Matt Patricia is best served. Yeah, it's possible. Also, interesting note, uh, Mike Cadlick, our guy from WEI.com, he retweeted a tweet from Burt Breer from a year ago and then added this to it. So Burt Breer wrote, interesting nugget for you, Patriots linebackers coach Gerard Mayo was alongside Bill Belichick for all of New England's offensive coordinator interviews last week, per sources. Good mm-hmm. sign for Mayo's growing role with the team, blah, blah, blah. So obviously... They kind of knew what was going on there. But as Cadillac points out, you wonder if some of those guys that they interviewed last year, like Nick mm-hmm. Cayley or Keenan McCardle or whoever else, was it Sean Jefferson? And Keenan McCardle, where did he end up, Rich? That's, that's a good one. That is a good question. But they interviewed all those guys. It, it, so you know what's funny? It's like as much as Gerard Mayo's hiring this year was very much like they weren't even going to – do sham interviews. They're, they straight up gave him the job without talking to anybody else. Last year, offensive coordinator, they did do a series of sham interviews and then just gave it to Bill O'Brien. You know, it's clearly going to be Bill O'Brien. I think uh, Keenan McCardle is still the wideouts coach with Minnesota. Okay. So he never moved on. Gotcha. But, I mean, Jordan Addison had a nice rookie year. I mean, Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in football, so mm-hmm. make a case he's doing the all Hawk right. was looking good. Cousins yeah. was doing well. They got a couple. Uh, Tyson Chandler became a nice yeah. back. Madison never really panned out to me much, but I always thought he was kind of like 50% of the returns of Dalvin Cook back when he was good. I kind of like the idea of Nick Cayley because, you know, he left here. He was probably annoyed with how everything played out, and he had to be – you know, have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia come in and take over the offense. He's like, well, what the hell's going on? I'm actually an offensive coach. And he interviews for the OC job. And rather than just staying on as tight ends coach, he leaves and goes and coaches with the Rams. And mm-hmm. if you listen to Robert Kraft today, he is adamant about, you know, hiring people, keeping it in the family. He talked about his businesses a lot and about how he wanted to keep them private. And mm-hmm. you want to get people and then have them sort of develop into like bigger roles within your company or within your team. And so I wonder if Nick Cayley could maybe be a guy that does a little bit of both. He was here. You're very familiar with him. Robert wouldn't have to meet him for the first time, but very much to his credit, he just learned the Sean McVay offense and coached the Sean McVay offense for a full year. So maybe you can bring him back. Like most guys under McVay or Shanahan, they get shined up a little bit. And maybe mm-hmm. Nick Cayley could be sort of the best of both worlds. Like, that would be a guy I would be 
okay with, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kraft and Mayo would as well. Yeah, if he could just uh, bring Puka Nakua or whatever the, the <laughs> next Puka Nakua is. Stafford. Oh, what, a, what a performance by that guy on a big stage in his first playoff game. That awesome. Dude, out of nowhere, yeah. what a stud. Yeah, no, he is He is. Uh, He's nasty. All right, let's get to our uh, Can I Get a Ruling? Every Wednesday around 9 o'clock, we uh, ask some questions. As uh, as Fitzy said, it kind of is like a, like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style events that may happen in your life, and you want to you know, figure out what to do in these situations. So, Fitzy, why don't you go first? All right, here's a quick topical one I just thought of on the fly. Okay. If, uh, if your employer uh, happens to be double your age and asks that you refer to him by a super awkward nickname in public, do you have to do it because he's your boss? I think you have to, but one thing you don't have to do is say it a thousand times. I think you are allowed to mention it, mention the story, mention, talk, like show off how close the relationship truly is, but you don't have to do it after every, you don't have to refer to him every single, him or her, every single time as that nickname. Yeah, I feel like that is something absolutely. If a Larry David were to have watched today's presser, and I know he has wrapped up the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, I'll miss it so. That absolutely, like, no, we don't, we're not calling you Thunder. This is not a thing. We're not doing this. No, you don't call, stop calling him Thunder. That's not it. That's not okay. He's, he's twice your age. Stop that. I can only imagine people that tuned in late to the press conference and didn't hear the very first time that Mayo referenced it and then like pointed out while he calls him that and then like moves on. Like if you joined five minutes into the press conference <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like Thunder just said, you'd have been like, what on God's green earth is he talking is about? What are the equipment guys here? Are they <laughs> talking about like... He's talking about Ron Dane from the famous yeah. Thunder and Lightning backfield? Like, no, he's talking about Robert oh. Kraft. Yeah, no, his, his boss, his 82-year-old employer, Robert Kraft. All right, um, <laughs> here's one that actually happened to me immediately. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm doing my absolute best to keep up some uh, high-energy levels here today, but it's <laughs> not right. a full Mayo-like performance. Sure. Uh, last night was a rough one. Didn't get much sleep last night. Okay. One of the, uh, one of the kiddos uh, had a, had a middle-of-the-night wake-up um, and got sick session, and he missed the toilet by three inches. Well, it's close. Well, he was close. He was in the bathroom, at least. Yep. Sadly, that's where the porcelain floor where you get the biggest blast radius comes yeah, through, sure. which is always a good time. <laughs> that'll, um, that'll cover it. Yep. Yeah, that'll do. So, But my question is this. Can I get a ruling, gentlemen? Go ahead. Okay. If one of the kids wakes up sick, mm-hmm. should both parents get up to help, or do you just leave it up to one parent to take the sword, clean up for an hour, sanitize <laughs> the house after missing the toilet? Yeah. And the other one gets to sleep so that, you know, you have a, an alert parent the next morning. I feel like somebody may Nick get up last night with her. <laughs> yep. Happy birthday this Friday, honey. <laughs> Hope you don't mind bleaching the walls of toddler vomit. So this is, this is uh, an extremely relatable question to me. So, again, I have a, uh, one, I have a one and a four-year-old. So sure. the one-year-old can only be described as a horrible sleeper. Right? Like, even if she's not sick, horrible sleeper. So it gets up. <laughs> All the time, right? Like I Great. haven't gotten, I haven't gotten six consecutive hours of sleep in God knows how long. Probably Since a the year. Obama administration. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Obama. No, so I, it's been a long time. So what we do in uh, yeah. in my house, and I yep. think this is probably the best way of doing it, we alternate nights on whose responsibility it is. So we have like a monitor because she's still like one. So she, we have a monitor on the crib, and so when it goes off screaming, like yeah, the other person might wake up, but they don't have to get out of bed. So, like, right. tonight, for example, not my night. So 
I'm thrilled. I'm going to go home and play video games. I know I'm going to be able to actually lay down and stay in bed. Whereas I'm guessing at like 2 a.m. my wife will get up, maybe again at 4. Like, who knows? But then tomorrow night's my night. And then we just kind of go back and forth. And then that way it's kind of problem solved. I like that system. But one cannot, like, we, we can't have, like, a rotation calendar. You can't. Like. No, you're in a different story because it right. doesn't happen as frequently. So I would say, do you both have to get up at the same time in the morning? Is somebody leaving the we house should, earlier? Yeah, like, that's kind of, do. okay. Yeah. No, I think it should just be the one person. It doesn't really yeah. make a lot of sense to have both. Oh, I'm paying for it. It's hurting right <laughs> yeah, now. It sucks. It's terrible. It's, yeah. yeah. Three, th- two, yeah, I mean, because it was... After the initial miss on the uh, in yeah. the and the porcelain throne, now everybody's um, awake. The whole house he missed is up. making the first deposit. Mm-hmm. There were six other deposits made throughout the course of the night, and everyone was like, "Dad, I think I, I go ahead. I'll be here." Yeah. Oh God. No, I think you. Could, yep. No, I'm with you. I I abide by the ruling. So then, what happens there is again because you have two kids in the house. Chances are the other guy also going to get sick. So what you do is somebody takes the bullet that night, and then you're like, "All right, when the next one wakes up in three nights, that's you." So you have to call it on the fly right there. Be like, I don't care if it's a north mouth or nope. a south mouth. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Both That's ends. on you. Yeah, no, you got you to do that. All right. How about this one? Are you allowed to? Obviously, you're allowed to. But should you order multiple cooked items in a drive through that I would say the majority of people are there just for coffees, coffees, other kind of drinks, maybe quick things to go. But they also have, you know, cooked items. Because mm-hmm. I it's hate a I hate a slow drive through, and every once in a while you'll get one, and it's not the people inside's fault. At least nine out of ten, it's the people ordering nonsense oh, stuff. Oh, you're cooking now, Keith. I hate that. Yes, drives me nuts because yeah. I'll go up get there. Get out of the car if you're going to yes. order like four sandwiches and like pancakes and everything else, and everyone else just wants like a large coffee. Right. Get out of the car and go place the order because you have to understand. You're gumming up the works. The drive-through is yes. for people like, come on, we get a turnover, turnover, turnover. No Coke, Pepsi. Like that's that's right. what this is all about. In here. and out with coffee drinks, or like if you have something you know that's quick, that's you know doesn't need to be cooked. You just throw it in a bag, throw it in there. You're good to go. I'll take a cheese Danish. Bam. I'll take a coke, a toasted coconut donut. Bam. Yes. That's fine. Because I'll see. Then you'll see people that get like four drinks. They get like four bags of food coming out. I'm like, you could have gone inside for that. For God's yeah, this sake, this could have been an email. Come on, <laughs> yes, it should have been. Yeah, hundred percent. So that, that drives 100%. me nuts. All right, what else you got? I got one. Okay, I'll, I'll stick with the dunks. So the other day, I'm in dunks, right? Uh, a person in front of me, they pull out of the, they start to pull out of the drive-thru. They stop for a second. Wind, pa- driver's window comes down. They throw out napkins, a cup. No. Listen, right? B- bunch of trash. One thing about me, which weird, I hate littering. I, it mm-hmm. literally is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah, same. So because I'm a quick orderer, I just get my coffee and go. Yeah. I pull, I get my coffee, I pull out, this driver is still there. I get next to them, roll down my window, excuse me, excuse me, get their attention. It was a woman, she rolls down her window, I say, hey, excuse me, I just want to let you know that you're an (laughs) a-hole. Now, am I the jerk? You did? Yeah, I did, I did. Nice. Am I I I the jerk or a Karen for calling this person out? And I, I said something like, you know, you're an adult. Like, act like an adult. <laughs> and, and I, I drove mean, up. I really berated her. And no, she, you should have. It's so stupid. Don't litter. It's not that hard not to litter. Right. I, I, like, usually, too, when you're driving through drive throughs you drive by, like, a little trash bin. There's usually yeah. a trash bin right there. Yep. This or just wait till you go to the gas station. Yeah. You know, that, that's obnoxious. I hate the littering thing, too. Okay. Yeah, Stiz, I used to absolutely just excoriate my dad. Every, like, so my dad was the kind of guy, like, he'd get the fresh pack of smokes. 
And the only time he would roll down the window is he just ends up basically, you know, secondhand smoking all of us out of the car. <laughs> yeah, He'd like do the yeah. yeah. Tap it down. He would take the cellophane off the wrapper, roll his window down, and then just whip that out. <laughs> and then roll the window back up. And it got to a point where I was like, Dad, yeah. where does that go? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not the car. Not I like the that car, nice, yeah. tidy car. I'm like, Dad, don't do that. All right, next time, Nico. Well, sure enough, next time we'd be driving back no, from the Cape. No he'd get his Benson and Hedges. Yep. And then right out the window. Clicking on it. Yeah, no. No good. All right, there you go. There's a Can I Get a Ruling every Wednesday around this time. And, uh, yeah, if you have any, feel free to hit us up at uh, Rich Keefe Show on Twitter and Instagram. Let's get to uh, Grab Bag coming up here on WEI. But right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEI. All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The introductory press conference for Gerard Mayo as the new head coach of the Patriots went down today in Foxborough. Gerard Mayo now becomes the 15th head coach of the New England Patriots, the first African-American head coach of the team, and also the first former player to coach the Patriots. Both Kraft and Mayo fielded questions from the media earlier today when asked about the possible general manager hiring Robert Kraft had this response. We want to see what we have in-house, look what's out there in the marketplace, and then do what we think is right. I know people have ideas. I can just assure you, any decision we make at this time will be to try to give the support to Gerard and put the organization in the best place it can. After the press conference, the Patriots then announced that Robin Glazer has been named the Patriots Executive Vice President of Football Business and Senior Advisor to the head coach, Gerard Mayo. Glazer served as New England's Senior Vice President of Business Affairs and Chief Administrative and Compliance Officer. She's been a senior executive with the Kraft Group since 2007. Celtics, they are in action right now. They're putting their perfect 19-at-home, 19-0 at-home record on the line. Uh, they welcomed San Antonio into the garden earlier tonight. Looks like they're going to keep that record going right now. Ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. Your Boston Celtics up 102-78 to over the Spurs. Chris Dapps, Perzingis, and Derek White both out. Uh, Drew Holiday is playing tonight. And the Bruins have the night off tonight. They're back on the ice tomorrow night. They'll be hosting the Avalanche at the TD Garden. Puck drop from Causeway Street at 7 p.m. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe Show, including Grab Bag, coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy Weei. Before we get to grab bag, let's grab a call here. We have uh, Shane in Plymouth. He joins us next. What's going on, Shane? Well, hey, Fitzy and Keith, what's up? Yo. Quick take. Yeah. And uh, I just want to see if you get you guys excited about this, strictly from a football standpoint. Okay. Football only. I stress that. Okay. It's just about football. Football only. <sighs> All right. Mayo, just his wife tweeted today, you rep the 757 everywhere you go. There's a quarterback. What if I told you there was a quarterback from the 757, same town? Uh, this quarterback was 
the greatest I've ever seen skill-wise and on a celebrity level of Tom Brady that could be available to coach the, whoever the Pats take at number three, Jaden Daniels. Ran the Andy Reid offense, ran the Mike Tomlin offense. He's out there. Bring him in as QB coach. Mike Vick. What do you think? All right. Uh, Fitzy, wow. what do you think? Uh, I don't think he's – actually, looking this up now, he was uh, an advisor to the Atlanta Legends in 2019 of the Alliance of American Football, the oh AAF, my God, the now the defunct – AAF, he was Austin, an advisor. Isn't I know something about driving AAF into the ground. <laughs> I said, apparently Mike Vick was a part of that as well. Yeah, Newport News, I thought he was going Allen Iverson on us there. Didn't Allen Iverson play football in that area too? I think uh, he did. Did he really? Yeah, so I think the... It, Deep pull. I could be... I think Allen Iverson played football around the same time as... Remember Aaron Brooks from the Saints? I want to say those guys might have been rivals. And then Michael Vick had a rival too in the same area, and they were all... Obviously, very, very good. I mean, Michael Vick is a quarterback's coach. He did, I got to say, Vick became a much better passer in the later years of his life when he worked with Andy Reid. Oh, yeah. In Philadelphia. Like, he was much better. And, uh, I mean, he was one of the most exciting players ever to watch. Now, I'm very pro dog. I didn't love how that all played out. Mm -mm. But as far as most exciting football players to watch uh, the last 20 years, he's got to be in the top five. See, like, prime Michael Vick. Just having him run. He was so good, you literally couldn't use him in Madden for a couple of years. You wasn't allowed. Like when we were playing college, like mm-hmm. you can't be Vic. That's how good he, he was. He was the best runner I've ever seen on the field. Yes. And I got to say, honestly, it would be tied for best deep ball thrower I've ever seen in football. The two best deep ball throwers I ever saw in football both played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Michael Vick, who's deep ball with Andy Reid in those years. Like go, go back and watch the one he threw like on the opening play against Washington in 2012 yeah. 75 yards without any effort to Desha- uh not Deshaun Watson uh Deshaun Jackson yeah, yeah the other yeah. one Randall Cunningham Cunningham that 98 highlight tape throwing to Randy Moss ah. is incredible ah. oh it's Cunningham ah. shucking it to Moss wow what a treat that was no I don't I don't really see it happening but no. I mean you know I guess stranger see, things he, happen. he said it was football only maybe he could get us excited he got us excited he got us excited about, just talking about Michael Vick and thinking about the some of those highlights I mean the guy oh. went into Lambo won a playoff game for God's sake yeah, he did yeah, it's he pretty did. good man yeah. well Michael Vick so, talk so here on Jimmy a Wednesday Garoppolo, but, yeah. all right well you know what are you gonna do it's time for Well, the Boston Celtics are trying to make it 20-0 and 0 at home to start the season. And I think that's likely as they are up 112-89 to 89 with uh, six and a change to go in nice. the fourth quarter. Uh, once again, believe it or not, not a good third quarter for the Celtics. They were blowing doors. They were up 25 at the half. And then they lost the third quarter by nine points to the Spurs. Kind of let I them hang around. It. They can't play the third quarter at all. Uh, what playing, is it? I don't know what it is. I mean, you would assume that's the time where teams can make adjustments. And so that, to me, mm-hmm. does look bad for Joe Missoula. If you consistently have bad third quarters, what what else can we point to? It's just, Again, I, I think I opined uh, two weeks back on this very program yep. for a change at halftime. Like, whoever is delivering the halftime speeches, and if it likely is good old, uh, good old Joe the Town Missoula himself, have someone else do it. 
Yeah, uh, because like the same way McCarthy can like can have a boss regular season, but then can't do squat in the postseason with Dallas and that loaded roster. Missoula obviously can you know coach the lights mm-hmm. out or let his guys do their thing in the first half, and then has no idea how to remotivate them after they take ten to twelve off at halftime. No Porzingis, no Derek White tonight. Uh, Tatum, Brown, and Holiday all have at least twenty. And uh, hit the Victor Wembanyama prop. He's already at twenty-seven boy. points and counting. So really, the only one doing anything. Actually, that's not true. Vassal also is twenty-one. So it's been those two guys only for the San Antonio Spurs. It's time for grab bag. I would agree with that. How about a big trade in the NBA? As the Indiana Pacers, who have been a fun, frisky squad this year, Halliburton's playing like an MVP or at the very least an All NBA player, and the Pacers traded. For Pascal Siakam, Bruce mm-hmm. Brown and uh, a bunch of first-round picks going to Toronto. But Siakam going to Indiana, I think, is uh, it's pretty good. Now, I don't think it puts them on the Celtics-Bucks level, but I think uh, it puts them... Oh, ooh, you pa- oh, wait a minute. I think it's going to make them a nightmare of an out for somebody. I So right now they are the sixth seed. They are tied with the Knicks, who are the seventh, so whatever that tiebreaker is. They're a game behind Miami and Cleveland, three and a half behind the Sixers. But yeah, that's a team that I don't really, I don't, I wouldn't want to play. And I think they no. could, they could, they could steal around. They could win around. Their offense is insane. Now they don't really play much defense, but uh, right, that's the thing. Like, yeah, get ready to ha- get ready for the Celtics to have to win some games in the postseason if they end up playing the Pacers, like. 147 to mm-hmm. 139. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, take <laughs> the fun. over in all of those games. Now, if they finish, let's say they finish the fifth seed. Hmm, okay. All that right. could be interesting. If the Celtics are the number one seed and things work out and they pull off a first-round upset, watch okay, out. Okay, I don't hate that. Right. Oh. It's a smart move. They, that's a lot of capital to give up for someone. What is Toronto's general plan, by the way, aside from having a coach that we all love uh, listening to, listening to pe- uh, light up people in post-game pressers? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean... It's a good question. I don't know what they. It felt like Siaka was going to get traded for a few years, but mm-hmm. they're just trying to trying to move on. Yeah, their coach was fantastic. Still, my favorite thing of the year. Darko, love him. Uh, yeah, he is. He's he's an it's a crap. <laughs> he's he's an all timer. Yeah, he was he was pissed. That's for sure. Where is that? There we go. Scotty Barnes is going to be all star. Also, it's a complete crap. <laughs> Hard to argue with really anything that uh, that Darko had to say. All right. Let's all go to the grab bag. Baseball America put out their top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball, and the Boston Red Sox have four of them. Wow. Four, four? of them. Yeah. Yep. Who do we got? Marcelo Meyer, Roman Anthony, Kyle Teal, and Sadon Raffaella. So, Rafaela, who saw the majors last year, mm-hmm. is, uh, but, you know, he's young. It's all right, yeah. Teal, the catcher, who we hope can be uh, our, uh, what's the, what's Rush, Rushman, the catcher in Baltimore? Yeah, Adley Rutschman. Rutschman, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. But he's going to need a year or two. And mm-hmm. the player who has the most expectations and weight on him, I would say, maybe in Boston sports, but certainly on the Red Sox, if not in the majors, Marcelo Mayer, who, if he doesn't turn out to be a hybrid combo of the best of Nomar Jeter and A-Rod, maybe even Miguel Tejada, he's screwed. Yeah, and he got hurt last year, which was part of his issue, but he wasn't doing very good at double-A anyway. So they're three best guys, and we talked about this after the Breslow crazy (laughs) response that he had to Pete Abraham when he asked if if the ownership is still trying to make a a high-level contender. 
What are they doing? But their three best players are all going to start the year at Double A, and they're like, like they all need to be studs. Breslow basically even said that. So I don't think they're trading Mayor Teal or Anthony, and they need to wait a year or two and then hope that they're all nasty. So, so you're telling me, Rich? They're that, not going to play this year at the major league level. I don't. Think. I don't think. Yeah, I saw the early projections on like Sox prospects and such were the you know middle of 2024 was the best case scenario for Mayor. So like, okay, what? cool. Yeah. Um, gotta be honest. I'm almost more interested in like road tripping and going to see Sea Dogs games just because the food is great, the brewery scene is off the charts, the weather is lovely. And that team actually has some hope. Yes, yeah, I'm telling you, you see, the, you get to see those three guys and enjoy oh. your time in Portland, not spend an arm and a leg on parking and beers and hot dogs. Yeah, I think that's probably the way to go. Let's go. Grab bag. Well, this was an all-timer as uh, Todd Bowles was doing his press conference. And, of course, Tampa Bay beat Philadelphia. They now go on the road to Detroit to take on the Lions this weekend in the divisional round. Uh, Rich, quick question. What was your favorite game of the weekend? Oh, it was Lions-Rams. Yeah, it was yeah. It was pretty It was pretty excellent. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good game for sure. And so yeah. Tampa Bay, now this game wasn't close, but it was pretty fun to watch Baker Mayfield slice though. up the I Eagles. Did. Yeah, yeah, yep, I'll take I that. Uh, so here's Todd Bowles. There's a question and answer, a legitimate question and answer. Someone who was credentialed to be there who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I assume, and was asked, had a chance to ask this very question. Coach, you, you. Uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't know. Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. You know, Rich, it's not even just the fact that she didn't know whether she's a stringer, she's a rook, a noob, whatever. Come on. You know, I get it. You know, mainstream media these days, people are, you know, getting thrown into assignments that she may have been in the culinary department or something and like, ah, quick, we need someone to go cover Bucks Lions. But it's his very understated demeanor that makes it just burn even more. He, I don't, I would it would have been great if Bill Belichick oh, yeah, was no, asked no. that, if some of these other coaches were asked that. But, yeah, it's like we're going to be on there for like 20 seconds. But then it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. The guy coughing, starting to like save it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, Ford Ford just, like inside. 13 degrees. But then she even says, like, if you play in Detroit, and there's no if. They're playing They're there. playing the Lions. They're playing the Detroit Lions who have always had a dome. But she's like trying. She's like, so she took the time to look up the weather in Detroit. Maybe look up where the game is. You could have saved yourself the time and the embarrassment. That's rough. Like, that's one of the worst ones. There's dumb questions. We've all asked dumb questions. But that one is, that's wild. Especially because they just played in Detroit, just played in Detroit last week. Everybody was watching it. However many, like 30 million people watched that game. Eminem's there. Barry Sanders is there. 
if you cover the league, I assume you watched that game, or at least part of it. Did you not notice that they happen to be indoors? I yeah, mean, I, I'm telling you, that delivery is like, well, you know, they do play indoors. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's just such a slow. Belichick's would have been like, I don't care, we'll get ready for him on the moon. It doesn't matter where we play them or what the conditions are. It's about how prepared is our football team. Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and... We only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. He's suppressing a laugh. <laughs> you know, the more you think about it, Detroit uh, plays on every Thanksgiving mm, in Detroit. Have you ever yep. once seen a weather game? You ever seen the snow They've in there? They've been in a dome yeah. since the beginning. Uh, they've always had a dome. The they, Silver Dome, I, a.k.a. How are you going to prepare your guys? Barry Sanders Field, followed yeah. by the Golfopolis. <laughs> the cop was there. How are you going to prepare your guys? It's thirteen right now, and she like kind of chuckles. It's like, oh my god, that it would have been funny if she if she then doubled down was like, well, I heard that uh, Dan Campbell was preparing his team outdoors. Like, I, I highly doubt that, darling. Uh, today it's uh, thirteen in uh, Detroit. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, that was a that was that a was hard rough. that was a hard listen there. But uh, you know, what are you gonna do? All you gotta do is pick yourself back up. And be better the next time. Four, it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old grab bag. So now there seems to be mixed news on Jason Kelsey. Is he retiring or is he not? Yesterday during the grab bag, we said he was retiring. He, he apparently told teammates this after uh, the game. But now it's sort of like, well, I was kind of caught up in it. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, then don't tell everyone in the locker room <laughs> yeah, right. that, you know, Mr. Podcast host who also doubles as a future Hall of Fame football player. Don't tell everyone that you're going to retire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. but like I, I kind of had a feeling, Rich, you know, I know he's intimated and hinted as much throughout the season, but I had a feeling not only did I know the game was over when the Eagles lost the, like their foot first tush push it's not easy to say yeah when like when they got dominated uh when they went for two on the tush push i was like oh man kelsey uh the season caught up to him like that's it he's got to retire and to what point like do you really think the eagles are going to win the super bowl next year still probably a pretty loaded roster maybe you can but like you're 36 you've got money to spare right i understand your brother's a little more famous because he's dating the biggest pop star on planet earth but Aside from a couple million bucks and just like you got other stuff going on, yeah, you're now like like you're He's now been talking about or thinking about for like three years in yeah. you know in that documentary and you can too, walk. like right, it's like, like yeah. everything hurts. Leave now while you can. Was he have three little girls? I think he has three girls, like yeah. daughters, and then mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. Um, good qualifier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just so we're just so we're clear. And here comes the grab bag, grab, grab bag, 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 grab, grab bag. Kyle Shanahan said the 49ers started prepping for Green Bay halfway through the second quarter of the uh, the game against Dallas. Zero Fs given towards Mike McCarthy um, and his conference rival. Here he is. We were already in here, so you know we were doing it that day. We had mixed in a little bit earlier in the week, you know, hitting up a couple teams, but um, started really focusing on them halfway through the second quarter. Then they scored at the end of the second quarter, so I kind of did both at halftime, and then third quarter I was set on one team. I hey, mean, okay, he's... all right, Hardo. Yeah, you're. Pre- <laughs> you're we, we get to work in the middle of the game. All Low right. stones unturned. Yeah, but I mean that game was kind of over. 
I, I get it. Listen, you got to get ready. There's there's going to be short weeks for certain teams, and you got to get on top of it. You know when that game was over? First round. Um, yeah, it was. It was, but it, when it was over on the first drive, it was like third and nine. I think it was on the first set of downs, and Jordan Love was getting pushed back in the pocket, and from his back foot, he found Dobbs in the middle of the field by the fifty. Yeah, and threw an absolute free. See, this is where athleticism, patience, arm talent, skills, the confidence his coach has developed in him. This is why you don't rush a gifted quarterback out there because like otherwise he would have just tried to make something happen, but he trusted what the reads were and then was able to use his unique set of physical skills to make that happen. Like I love where Jordan love is at. I'm going to so look forward to not only them playing the 49ers and hopefully giving them hell Saturday night, but also just where the Packers go the next couple of years. It's also crazy looking at their group of wide receivers. I mean that is just a it's, that is a young squad. It's like rookies and second year guys, isn't it? Like all of them, they're all like yeah. Uh, between Dobbs, so and I think Watson. it's I think Reed and Wicks are rookies, yep. and then Dobbs yep. and Watson are second year guys. Oh, and they have two ex- They have one excellent and one pretty good rookie tight end as well. So everybody that Jordan loves throws to is either in his first or second year. That's yeah. that's crazy. I don't remember any teams being like They're that. They're going to be there a, a freaking night. I'm telling you, Lions-Packers yeah. will end up becoming the best new thing in, for the that's next true. couple of years. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Instead of a grab bag. Which is what I am. Well, it looks like uh, the feds are cracking down on funny electric road signs. They're not going to see any more funny electric road signs anymore yeah what like don't you i usually enjoy those how many accidents rich can i ask you how many accidents have you been in because you either like snapped a screenshot or you lolled while you were driving <laughs> at a funny roadside hazard sign i always wondered though like the point because they always like they'll tell you like a joke and then they're like pay attention and you're like well what you did you had me look up here <laughs> or it's like, like drive safe and you're like yeah but you said like a limerick before this and right. now i'm trying to Put my eyes back on the road. So, yeah, I get it, but I don't know. It's pr- it probably is for the best. Oh, I know you enjoy them, but I'm sorry. I, I, just I do. I enjoy I'm a big the- safety first guy, as you know. Of course. Yep. That's what everyone knows about you. You have been defeated by the grab bag. Well, don't look now, but Major Applewhite has been named the South Alabama head coach. How about that? That's Remember Major, Major Applewhite? That- of course I do. He was a Texas legend, that guy. Yeah, what a great last name. How many Apple Whites have you met in this life? Uh, I've never met any of them, but I, I remember watching Major play at a very high level. And then he was the coach at Houston where he famously got into a big argument with Ed Oliver in a game where Ed Oliver wasn't playing, but it was a cold game, and he was trying to wear one of the big jackets on the sideline. And Major White was like, you can't wear the jacket. And Ed Oliver's like, well, I want to wear the jacket. And then that was like a big to-do. I love, oh, to-do is one of my favorite words or in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's that's fun. Like, there's a now there's a guy who very well now here's a guy. Here's a guy. There's a guy. Get like, if he goes, if he does well down there, right? Then you could see maybe in this new, you know, whatever used to be the Pac-12 that's now become like the SE14 or whatever, yeah, yeah, Big yeah. 18. Mm-hmm. You could see him maybe in a year or two doing that, or working his way to the pros. But I definitely could see him taking over a big program in a year or two. All right, there you go. There is. Pardon me. Would you have any grab bag? But of course. All right, we have a final from the TD Garden. Celtics winners tonight. And uh, final thoughts on Gerard Mayo's press conference as we wrap up the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy coming up next. 
you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Somebody's got to say something where there's a complaint within that locker room. Who's got the most clout? I don't know. You know, I would say that his Matt. son, Gerard, has pretty good pull. <laughs> outside if of, we want outside something done, we go, to, we go to Gerard Belichick. That was an old clip making the rounds uh, this evening. It was uh, Zolak doing an interview with Matt Light, Tom Brady, and Kevin Falk back in the day. That must have been... I mean, well, if Mayo was on the team back in 08, he was drafted. I bet it was right around there. 08, I'm 9, go 10. 10. You, you think maybe 10? Yeah, it could have been 10. And uh, <laughs> Matt Light refers to Gerard Mayo as Bill Belichick's son. And then Brady straight up calls him Gerard Belichick. So you can see what that relationship was like, at least at one time. I know the reports were this year it was a little bit uh, strained. But then Kraft and uh, or Mayo and Kraft now clearly have a very close relationship as he was uh, announced as the uh, the new head coach of the squad mm-hmm. today. Uh, also throw on the pile here, Fitzy, before we get out of here, the Celtics winners tonight, nice. 117-98. They played without Kristaps Porzingis and Derek White. Tatum led the way with 24. Holiday had 22, and Jalen Brown had 21. But the number that jumps out to me, the Celtics are now 20-0 and at home this season. So what odds are we putting on the Celtics making it through the entire season at home undefeated? Because they're going to get to a point where you're going to start wondering aloud, like, all right, they want to get that number one seed, but they're going to want to load, manage, and rest. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't play Horford here. What about maybe giving Tatum or Brown a rest there? But what's amazing, and some of them, I'm sure, are like actual injuries, but some of Mm -hmm. it might just be managing right now. How many times has a guy missed a game here, missed a game there, and then come back? You know, like tonight they Just were out with two guys. And so they've done that a bunch. They now have a four-game lead over the Bucks for the top spot in the East. They also are officially at the halfway point of the season, 32-9. and nine. So they're on pace for 64 wins. The 08 Celtics, the first year of Garnett, was a 66-win team. So they're like right on that pace to... to maybe have as many wins as that team. I mean, yeah, just they're going to get, but their, <clears throat> excuse me, their ability to win at home is going to get stressed uh, Friday night, though, because you got the reigning NBA champions coming to town. I know, and they, like, not too long ago, they played uh, Minnesota and uh, Oklahoma City, who have been killing it this year, but Denver, I mean, if you're picking one team to come out of the West, regardless of who's leading it at the uh, at the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. hard to bet against Jokic. The guy is just filthy. Watching him play last night, I know they lost to the Sixers, but still, they got a little bit of a little bit of a schedule here coming up as well because uh-huh. they go from Friday night against the Nugs, uh-huh. then they go on the road uh, Sunday there at the Rockets, and while the Rockets certainly proved last week they're not on the Celtics level. The way the Celtics finished that game up with Peyton Pritchard just making it rain and just but the Rockets, the score up Rockets also can't play on the road. The Rockets, no, they're terrible, especially as like a young team. The Rockets yep. right now are four and fourteen on the road, fifteen and six at home. Yeah, so that'll be a much be different one. game. Yeah. Then you go back to back next night. Your old pal Kyrie, Luca, and the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Then you're on the road a couple days later against the Heat. Home for the Clips and the Pelicans. Both of them will give them a game. Then you 
face the Pacers at home, and finally the you get a four game stretch. It'll be the new look no Pacers too. It'll be Siakam. Well, it's funny. Jason Tatum had that wow. comment the other night. He's like, everybody says our schedule like lightens up. He's like, not yet. He's like, I don't know what they're talking about. Because everyone's like, oh yeah, like strength of schedule rest of the way is not very good. I'm like, well, this stretch maybe that is at the end of the year, but yeah, Denver on Friday. It's an ESPN game. That'll be exciting. Hopefully. We'll see what Porzingis and White, if those guys can go. I bet they can. Like I think they're, I think they're finding a way to manage it. Because if you're going to sit anybody, mm-hmm. you have a Wednesday game against the Spurs and then a Friday game against the Nuggets. Like pretty clear what to do. And then you set those guys. They they uh, still can win. Still can win convincingly against the uh, the Spurs. So so there you go. All right. Before we get out of here, final thoughts, final takeaways from either Gerard Mayo and or Robert Kraft from today. Uh, most importantly, the thoughts and takeaways go with Gerard Mayo. I'll just say it right up top. I really wish we didn't have this goofy thunder thing while well, we had our fun with it tonight. Yeah, yeah. Social media had their field day with it. Yep. It's going to be something that, A, is going to be remembered, and B, could get thrown back at the coach, the ownership, the group, think, hive mind, GM, whatever ends up being the decision maker or the personnel people in the end. So um, I wish that nonsense didn't come to be. That said... Gerard Mayo is somebody who you shouldn't have to, you know, I'm not saying like you better take him seriously, but he proved today he's his own man. He's going to be his own coach Mm -hmm. and he's not going to be exactly who other people thought he would be. And I thought he struck a pretty impressive pose. I thought he struck a pretty impressive tone and he seems like a pretty solid mind. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and, uh, be excited to see what he does as an organizational leader and ultimately as a Sunday head football coach. Yeah, I thought he was very good today overall. The Thunder thing we joked about, like you said, but we've gone through a lot of press conferences over the years, whether they be Boston hires or around the league when they really stand out. And I thought he did a really nice job. One thing that jumped out to me, too, that I liked was this comment. Obviously, the staff that I've been working with isn't the staff that I've chosen. So I want more turnover, right? I don't want yep. it to just be Mayo in for Belichick and then, well, let's see. Like, oh, yeah, he was the problem. Like, no, there was more to it. Mm-hmm. And the offense was dead last. They didn't mention Bill O'Brien once. It was a 40-minute press conference. His name never came up, even though they mentioned offensive coordinator and titles, which Mayo is in favor of. So I think there's a real opportunity for there to be some turnover on the staff, maybe a new voice and mind on offense. I still don't love the you know, no rush on the GM thing, and we don't really have one final say. You're going to need to have a final say at some point, definitely by April, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So that is still kind of up in the air, but the Gerard Mayo era is uh, officially upon us now. And, uh, yeah, I think overall it was a, a positive. There's still the lingering... Where was Jonathan Kraft? What's going on there? How much is he going to have a say in football operations going forward? Like, that's still out there, too. It's, I think, only leading to more questions. But that was that today. And, uh, again, more NFL coaching news is coming out. I don't wonder if there will be any more teams linked to Bill Belichick. Right now, it seems like just the Atlanta Falcons as we sit here on a uh, on a Wednesday night. Yeah, it was a memorable day for sure. Yeah. And uh, we will look back upon it for better or worse sometime soon. And I'm sure everyone's going to look forward to winter weekend coming up for the Red Sox. Woo! Uh, Rich, my big pick for an upset this weekend. Yeah, what do you got? Texans over the Ravens. Ooh, I like that. Fitzy went four and two in the wild card round. Me and Hart went three and three. Stiz was one and five. But we'll be back at it Friday. We'll give everybody's uh, picks right. against the spread against the divisional round. And uh, Fitzy, we'll talk to you next uh, Monday.
I may, uh, you never know, I may pop in tomorrow night if I'm in the area for a certain, uh, certain oh, company's holiday party. All right, maybe we'll see you tomorrow then. Right, Very good. Right. Stiz, you, me, and Andy Hart starting tomorrow at 6. Everybody have a uh, great rest of your night, and we'll talk to you then.